Hey, this is Mateo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. All right, what's up, guys? This is Emma Wilman, and you're listening to Inside the Closet. And I'm here in a room by myself because Mateo had an unexpected trip. It wasn't an unexpected trip. He's in the UK right now, but because of the snowstorm, he had to go a day early, and then he was flying, so he's just getting to wherever he is in the UK. But we still want to do an episode for you guys, so it's me. It's just me in here, talking to myself. Let's take your bets now on how long it'll take me to talk to myself and have a breakdown. Also, don't worry. I'm going to do some questions for you guys, and I'll probably be a little bit shorter. But... um, First of all, thank you guys so much for listening to this. I uh, I would say I've been pretty depressed this past week only because I felt kind of beaten down. I, there was like – I wonder if, what it's like if you guys get this in – it's got to be – there's got to be some like tie-in with like all other kinds of jobs but where you just – it's like a series of things that you're excited about and then when they don't – yeah, the, the crash of – I think I'm like just a little like burnt out from pilot season. Um, I went to Toronto and saw my crush – and it was really nice, but I chickened out of asking her if she was dating other people. I chickened out because right when I got there, she was talking about how her ex-ex-girlfriend like called her all the time. And she's like, oh, this ex-girlfriend calls me like four times a day, even like at 2 a.m. And I was like, man, that's crazy. And then I was like, well, how'd your girlfriend when you – the last one that you were with, how did she deal with that, that your ex was calling you at 2 a.m.? And she's like, I didn't, I didn't pick up when I was with her, but now that I'm not with someone – I pick up. So in my head, I was like, damn, what about me? So then I wasn't totally sure. But then we ended up having a really good weekend. And we were looking at some or good, good couple of days. And we were looking at something on my phone. And I still have all my dating apps, of course, on my phone. So she saw them. And then she looked sad for a second. And then I didn't end up like asking her anything. But last night, we were texting. And she said, I just want you to know that someone asked me on a date. And I said, no, because I like somebody. So I'm pretty sure she means she likes me. Pretty sure. Uh, so that's good. So that's been going pretty good. And we had sex and stuff, and it was really nice. But I think one of the reasons I've been feeling down, and I love to like commiserate about this with anybody, is I've got a close, a person very close in my life. Um, uh, yeah, close in my orbit who is way too thin. And it's hard to know how to, you know, it's such a sensitive thing, too. People always. I talk about it. I try to talk about it in comedy. I used to be overweight. And when you say you used to be overweight, people go, how overweight? How overweight? And then, like, I'll show them a picture and they go, oh, you were very overweight. But with weight stuff, it's like people want everything, like, quantified. Or I'll, I'll talk about it with friends and they'll go, oh, I want to be too thin. No, it's not like that. It's like this person is trapped in, like, a mental hell. And they don't really talk about it. So they're still in that, like, denial phase. But it's getting to the point where, like, people around them, like, we're just trying to figure out the best way to, like, engage um, – so that's definitely – it's tough. And it, then it's calling into question. I'm like, well, if I'm going to be approaching this person that I've known for a long time about this, like how in order is my house? Because I had been definitely drinking a good amount again. So I was like, ugh, who am I to come on at someone to be like, hey, you know, I'm part of this group of people that's concerned about you and we want to get you help when I'm like, you know, like – think I've found a loophole because I'm like, oh, well, I'm not drinking beer anymore. And I switched to really fancy tequila. And now I'm not getting hung over. And like, that's like my like health and wellness tip. That's literally what I've decided. I was like, oh, I, this perfect. I'll just drink expensive tequila. And that's boom. That's my loophole. But <sighs> not a great loophole. Um, 
Yeah, cool. That was five minutes of me talking to myself. Now, I'm going to answer a couple questions. Let's let's pretend Matteo just impersonated Barbara and Lisa Minnelli. And I want to tell you guys something about the Lisa Minnelli impressions. I don't know anything about Liza, Liza Minnelli, Lisa Minnelli. I know nothing about her at all. So when he does the impressions, I'm just purely laughing at him being funny doing the impressions. I know not. I don't even know what she sounds like. Nothing. So I have like no. I need to do some research on that because I just have absolutely 100 percent no clue. Oh, and another thing, my. I got does anyone have any tips on how to disengage a self-absorbed narcissist? Because my ex, I changed the locks on the doors. She's not handling it well. She keeps finding reasons to, like, come over, and I'm getting, like, nervous about it. You know the movie, the Milk movie, where he, like, engages with someone who's kind of nuts, and then, like, he doesn't have the boundaries set up, and then the guy ends up killing him? That's, I don't know, man. I'm getting some kind of... I mean, that's not, like, a good thing, funny thing to joke about, but that movie's been, like, playing in my head, and I haven't seen it... For a long time, uh, I have been watching a lot of Law and Order Special Victims Unit, so maybe I'm a little bit paranoid, but <sighs> getting a little freaked out. I hope that your guys' relationships are going a little smoother than mine, even though this prospect with this new one, it's very exciting. How long does it take to feel like you get to know someone? Because I feel like I'm starting to get to know her like essence and energy, and I like it. It's very nice. Um Oh, I said something stupid when we were having sex the other day because she was like, I'm going to use a vibrator on you. And I kind of, you know, because like that's me being in the vulnerable position a little bit with that because like then she's got the control. But so when she said that, I kind of was like balked. Like I was like, wow, no. And she's like, what, have you never had someone use a vibrator on you? And I was like, no, but I've used it on hundreds of girls, hundreds, which isn't even true. And then I was like, not hundreds of girls, hundreds of times. She was like, okay, Emma. So me not being chill is definitely like, what a stupid thing to say when you're like hooking up with someone else. She's like, good to know, but can I do this? And then we did it. And it, it was fun. It was very refreshing. Got to open up, open up our sexual minds because you don't know, you know, it's all like, it's all like a comfort thing. All right. I'm going to read a question and I'm not going to say the person's name just to play on the safe side here. Um, here is my, I'm going to read the whole thing. Here is my short version question. Again, coming from a straight person, apologies in advance. Please don't apologize for being straight, even though I know that's not what you're apologizing about, but please. It's so, just to tab that, it's interesting to me, you know, it's like whatever group is the dominant one, we just, it's it's some kind of, we other people, and it's definitely feeds into capitalism because we can other we can uh, we uh, the unearned benefits then help propel you in capitalism. So capitalism does fuel it. So I don't know how othering works in other cultures per se, but it's like I genuinely believe if gay people were the majority, we would maybe not now because we've been through so much, we'd have more empathy. But you know, there's the natural inclination to to other. I, I was with someone who was a religion, and uh, she's like, "Soup." I've been with a lot of Jewish people, but this one, they're very conservative Jewish, and they're like, "You have to date." A Jewish person. And I was like, I totally get it. Like, you're the chosen people. I totally get it. But I'm not Jewish. So it's like people, you know, that's like a big each group kind of is putting each other to a side. And I just want you to know, straight person, I'm not doing that to you. Okay. Question. Is it ever okay or when is it okay to inquire about a person's sexual orientation? Now, the comic in me wants to say, yeah, just fucking like the sec before they even walk in the door. Just be like, gay, not gay. Like, I mean, I do that, like, just way before I should. Professionally, let me marinate on that. So the email continues. Is it always none of my business? 
It's always your motherfucking business. Come on. Have you guys ever met someone where it's have you ever met a guy with gay guy voice? He's like, oh, my God, hi. Do you know my girlfriend, Sarah? And then you're like, you're like, mind blows a fuse. And you're like, I don't care if they're gay, straight or whatever they are. But I just need to know. There's a super, like, bull. Like, I'm talking, what's up? How you doing? Hey. Bull, right? This woman, like, waddling around, brimmed hat on, like, just, like, this woman makes me feel like the bell of the ball. Like, what's up? What's up? Good to meet you. Like, uh. And that's just her, like, getting coffee or something. Like, just, oh, yeah. She, this woman, I meet her. And I was literally about to be like, oh, like, you know, do some kind of, you know, I'm gay, you're gay, whatever. This woman has a husband. So, I mean, I'm not the only one that thinks she's gay. I was like, where's your husband's pussy at? Because there's no way you're taking that. What the, what is going on? You, it's none of my business at all. And good for each person. And who cares about anything? But then like secretly in our minds, I think we all kind of like, I'm always like, who's fucking who? What's going on? It's not, but, so, no, it's none of our business ever, but, like, I fucking feel ya. I mean, alright. Oh, no, my phone locked me out, probably, because I'm giving bad advice. Okay. So, is it always none of my business, even if I would be supportive? How is it best handled? I look, just to recap the question, is it okay to inquire about a person's sexual orientation? Let's be mature and say, No. But you guys also heard what I just said, so, like, take that with a grain of salt. That's like someone – if I was on a date and someone said, you know, I really care about recycling. Do you recycle? I'd be like, yeah, of course. But I think we can all infer the real goddamn answer here. Um, The backstory or long version is below. My first encounter in college when people are most often experimenting with their sexuality, I witnessed a spat where one person, straight, verbally cornered another person by curious. Sounds like the beginning of a good porn. And semi-jokingly said, why don't you just pick a side? The bi person got obviously offended at the notion that they were being asked to pick and publicly announce that they, where they stood on the spectrum of sexuality. Good for them. That was almost 30 years ago and stands out to me as a profound, memorable moment. Ten years later, I'm working with – and I also I, told, I remember that because – so this is me now just weighing in on this. There's certain moments where you see something, like this was not okay – and I feel like if we don't take action, like that that would have been the perfect time to use your straight privilege, which would be able to distance yourself from the sensitivity of it and tell that other straight person to back off. I'm guessing if someone corners someone and tells them to pick a side, they were abused in some – They were, I mean they were uh, – they are having some serious struggles of their own. But that's a great time to like just be there in solidarity with the person getting cornered. In high school, there was a guy who he ended up coming out and being gay. But I remember people saying everyone thought he was gay. And I remember in gym class hearing that like a bunch of guys went and spied on him jerking off and they like videotaped it. And I've never really forgiven myself for not like I remember telling my dad, like, well, who should I I want to tell someone about this? This feels so wrong. And he was like, no, don't say anything. It seems like a bad group to get involved in. And it's bad. And the kid didn't know that he had been videotaped. He's like, he'll be so mortified if he finds out he was videotaped. But it's like when there's something like unjust like that and then you don't take action, that shit stays with you. So in that instance, I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, that's a great opportunity to use your straight privilege there. Um, Now, 10 years later, 
I'm working with a girl side by side for months and months. We talk all day long about our life outside work. She only talked about her roommate. Mm-hmm. Come to find out a year later, the roommate was her girlfriend. Holler. I'm left feeling ripped off because I was being honest and this girl was just making shit up. Okay, being disingenuous. But it's none of my business, right? I felt lied to. Here's the thing. The girl, no, in that instance, it's absolutely not uh, any of your business because she's trying to protect herself in a work environment where she felt uncomfortable coming out. I'm gay as a motherfucker. And I have support of my family. And I went to an all-women's college. Uh, I don't know if that's actually how it's being termed now. but So I'm just referencing it to kind of paint a picture. But obviously, I think gender socially constructed. Da, da, da. So... At the my second year at the college, I'm like out, but I still had long hair at the time. I did a study abroad in Holland, right? And it's in this little farm, uh, Odemirdom, I think. But it's in Holland, and it's two people from the U.S., two people from France, two people from a few different places. And I remember we were going around all talking, and some this girl Katrin from Germany was like. She's after we're all talking, she like looked around and assessed and said, I can't believe there's no gay people here. And I actually felt scared being like, what? Like, obviously I'm gay. I felt nervous because I was like, oh, maybe they're going to feel weird. You know, like I'm sharing a room with her. Like, I, so I didn't say anything then. And that's me with like all the support in the world. And then I remember afterwards, her and I went and like traveled together. And I remember, I remember like. We were going around, um, we went into like Amsterdam together and we were like going to museums and stuff. And then I remember we were like sitting, having a picnic and she was, she said something about how, I think we saw like a gay couple go by and she goes, oh, like my good cousin's gay. She was like, it's, you know, I support it. She's like, I think it would be weird to spend a lot of time alone with someone who is though. And I, it was, and I still didn't say anything. I just like sat on, have and had a picnic with her. So like just I haven't really like thought of the humor in that visual, but I'm having a picnic in Amsterdam. We had moved into the city of Amsterdam that we're exploring and there's gay people everywhere. I'm out. I'm supported. And I didn't come out then because it is scary. So this woman wasn't lying to you uh, so much as the context of it is hard and who knows where she was at in her personal life. Like, there's just like so many reasons that that could be something she didn't feel comfortable coming out with. So don't think of it like another type of lie. This is like a um, a self-protection thing. 20 years later still. So that instance where her not telling you, I would say that's not about you at all. And just you just got to keep that moving. Even though obviously like they're bag Emma on the insides like, oh, yeah, you want to like figure out what the fuck's going on. Like blah, 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 blah. get a picture of the girl with her girlfriend hot. Who knows? But – the real good heart part. It's, it's not about you. 20 years later still. I'm the parent and have kids. And nieces and nephews and they have friends. Some might be gay. I want to be supportive, but I feel like from episode one, it's none of my business. Now, this is a different situation than your colleague. A, totally different from the colleague because now you're these are kids so this is someone who you're a support system for and you're not around people that could fire them and take them away unless you like run some kind of like family business and it's like super fucked up but you didn't mention that so uh i also feel like i would be an ally safe place good let them know that shit college age nephew came home on break and had what appeared to be a men's ring on a necklace that he said was a gift from a friend and then zipped up his 
Henley, so it would be a further to- so it wouldn't be a further topic of conversation. Gay. If he is, I mean, I think, I don't know. If he is gay, I can see why he wouldn't want to talk about it knowing the family dynamics, annoying and overbearing, completely relate. Well, yeah. But he could be not gay, then wouldn't I feel dumb for asking? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, here's the thing. People like to have their sexuality affirmed. Like, to me, it was, like, comical when someone thought I was straight, but I didn't feel ruffled by it. What ruffles my feathers is if people think I'm with another man one. Then, for some reason to me, because my sexuality, like, I obviously, like, identify with being a man one, even though this, like, girl is still the girl one, but she's, like, manhandling me. I still feel the man one. So if someone tried to set me up with another man one, that's where I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? But it's obviously something I feel insecure about. So... It would all be in how you, like, phrase it to him. Like, if you were, like, you know, and I'm not an expert on this, and we all have, you guys have heard very intimate details of how my I run things quite amok, but just food for thought since you asked. But I would say it's, you know, if you say, oh, 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 got it. Okay. What if you're, like, like, you could, like, okay, so comics do this all the time. To contextualize a joke or make the audience feel comfortable with something that we're going to talk about, the rule is, one, you always make fun up, right? So you do that, and then people are on your side. If you're not making fun up, but you're talking about something that you don't have a lived experience in, you make up a friend. So you're going to see – notice this when you watch stand-up comedy. Some go, oh, I got a friend, my friend who's Korean, and then they're going to talk about Koreans. But by saying you have a friend who's Korean, that gives you a safe space tie-in in the audience's mind to then discuss that. Or I've got a black friend or I've got a gay friend or whatever the fuck. Most likely, this is not really a true thing in the context of how they're talking about it. But it's like a tie-in to make the other person feel more comfortable. I guess that would be a manipulation tactic. So maybe, maybe you start talking about your gay friend. So he's got this ring and be like, oh, that's such a beautiful ring. Like, what's the guy like? Um, That's awesome. Ask if he's seeing anybody. You know, I remember my sister, one thing she said to me, she goes, Emma, are you dating anybody? And I said, yeah. And she goes... What's their name? And I went, this is before I was out. And I went, oh, oh, oh. she goes, you don't know their name? And I'm like, well, I just didn't think you were going to come in with these hard-hitting questions right now. What's their name? And she was like, is it a girl's name? And I was like, could be. Yeah, it's Erica. And then she was like, oh, great. That's awesome. Now, she kind of like took the reins there and like and made that comfortable. So if you said, you know, Oh, well, tell me. I just ask ask more about the person that um, whose ring it is, and maybe sprinkling things. I remember, like my dad, my dad knew one way he knew I was gay is I used to go on gay dot com and have cyber sex, and it was dial up. And one time the computer froze, and I had like five different like chats going, um, balling. Probably everything was like all spelled wrong, but uh, so I had all these chats going. The computer froze. He's coming up to his office. He's like, I need my computer. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I like slammed it shut so he wouldn't see all the sex chats. But it was frozen. So, you know, he was like, get out. I need to use my computer. So then when he opened it, he saw that I'm a fucking lying flake. So that's how one of the ways he found out I was gay. And I remember after that, the next morning he was crying, which who wouldn't cry at that? Who knows if he was crying about that he knew that I was gay or that I said I was going to like tie some woman to a radiator. Who knows what the tears are coming from? But he, from that point on, he kept saying, I love you. I'll always love you. I remember we were talking about um, my cousin and he, he said, he was like, he, I said, oh, I bet, I think he's gay. My cousin, even though I didn't, I don't know why I said it. My dad really looked at me and like, and it would be okay if he was. So you just kind of like making your stance on that 
very clear, that will then help them also come to you. At this stage in my life, I think I just want to be helpful to these young people in my life as they navigate through teenagehood and young adulthood. Yes, thank you for that. Is it none of my business? And is it none of my business and I'm to let them suffer until they're already ready to come out of the closet? You know, um, it's important to let people know that you're a supportive, safe space and the dynamic between you and people in your family versus you and the colleagues is like very, 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 very different. Um, or is there a, then her asking again, oh, I should have done different voices for you guys. So you knew when I'm weighing in or when she's weighing in. Okay. Starting now, I'll do a voice when I read the question. Or is there a way I can communicate that I am an advocate without potentially embarrassing someone? I'm not going to do that anymore. Or is there a way I can communicate that I'm an advocate without potentially embarrassing someone? Hell motherfucking yeah. Just letting them know but also the the nuance here is you want to do it in a way that's not tacky don't get stressed out by this but sometimes it can be comical where it was like like i remember i remember it was like four years after i'd been out my dad called me and he's not a big talker so he calls out i like just call usually he calls for a reason but he calls he goes hey i just want to you know i i went in um your stepmother and i got massages and my massage masseuse was great and i was like that's great and he goes yeah she and she was a lesbian i said oh great and that was pretty much the end of the story. And he, But he was like, and it was great. You know, I am supportive. I'm a fan of the community. So it's kind of like sometimes you're like, all right, cool. But I knew what his intentions were. And like, you know, that's it, – it's cute. So there's a lot of different ways that you can communicate your – an advocate. Maybe just like keeping it like all on yourself too. So it's like that not calling them into question as much as possible. Um, not asking specifically, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? But who are you dating? Try to like un – unassume or un uh gender the terms and then also like talk about other people in your life even if you're making them up uh that you know let them know you listen to this podcast and i'm not just saying that a dirtbag trying to get more listeners like be like oh i like this podcast where it's like hosted by two gay people i'm assuming mateo identifies as gay i've actually never asked uh then she closed it out with i've been wanting to ask this forever my heart is in the right place yes thank you and that's all we can do Hope that comes across. Absolutely, it does. Hope I didn't already embarrass myself. No, you didn't. Name withheld. I gotcha. You know, one thing I think about is I started taking these um, Africana studies classes in college. And uh, part of white privilege is I wasn't like, didn't never, I never like thought of being white. And I remember like when I first started to realize like the different like thing, like, like dismantling like white thought and I was in an interracial relationship too and I remember like that I started like really like thinking about the stuff and I remember getting really mad and I remember in one of the Africana Studies classes um, we went to go see – we went to go watch a talk and it was all people of color except for a white woman that was talking and she was talking about like being an ally and she said, you know, I don't think that inherently when you first start working with white people, I don't know if they should be trusted because they have to prove to you that they've dismantled the whiteness in their brain to then actually work in solidarity. And I remember when she said that, I got pissed. And I got pissed with the entitlement, looking back, I got pissed with the entitlement of a white person, upper middle class, where I'm like, I literally, this is not my space. I'm not the teacher. I'm there to listen. I got mad. I said, how can you say that? I'm trying to build bridges here. And you, you know, me, me, me. And you are telling everybody to like not trust white people and she's like this is what 
I'm talking about, basically, is what she said. And I got really mad. And uh, I had friends in the class, and I was, like, persuasive. And some of my friends were like, yeah, we agree with Emma. And I remember going to the teacher, and the teacher was like, no, Emma, actually, you're wrong. She's like, but, you know, I admire that you are not even admire. She's like, but, you know, this is good that you're, like, beginning to think about these things. I'm not going to give you any credit. You're doing what you should be doing. And it took me a long time to dislodge the whiteness in my brain that, one, made me feel entitled to take over the conversation, two, challenge this woman, and three, it just, you know, it's dismantling privileges. I do think it's, like, better for your, like, heart, too, because it's, like, it's the just, like, I don't know. That's all I got. Um, All right, let's do another question. And then obviously, like, love to hear from other, uh, hear from you guys on this one. Um, uh, Oh, this is a question from Mateo. Uh, So I'm not going to answer that. Um, All right. Dear Emma and Mateo. And we can and we can have Mateo weigh in on these two. Unnecessary context. I'm a 23 year old version, quasi closeted queer man, but out but not to family. I work two jobs to pay off a mountain of student loans for my musical theater degree, and I'm trying to become comfortable in my own skin. Preach. Though I love the few friends I have, I want to surround myself with more dynamic personalities like your own, but inevitably bring down the entire vibe of the room. First of all, man, I relate to that goddamn shit when I'm not, like, being on. I have to stop myself from, like, just be. I, I really do have to stop my, like, I get it. Because, like, literally I'll be, like, I feel like such a freak sometimes, like, when I'm out just, like, with, I want to say normal people, but there is no normal. Like, there's just such, so few friends that I really feel, like, safe with like just talking and relating to and then like like say i'm with like a friend like my friend eli listens to the shout out to eli he's someone i feel very safe with like i love i've known for years say him and i were out and then we were like or like let me okay this is this is a better example this friend of mine who's an ex-girlfriend i got to see her on sunday after a show and it was really nice and we were like talking and then like someone came up that was like hey oh my god a comedian that's so cool and i like was like fake for a minute and then she was like asking me like oh that's so cool and i was like actually it's not that cool i'm having an existential crisis like i'm like constantly beaten down i'm scared i'm giving everything to something that's not working out like i feel completely this completely that i just dragged the whole and then it's like i stop and i'm like so and how are you i and then it's like now i like literally will talk professionally so i know how to like steer that motherfucker around but it's like yeah, bring the whole thing down, and then you're like, all right, sorry, you know, yeah, hey, what do you want from me? Okay, so question. I accept the fact that being myself is equivalent to the personality of a jar of mayo. First of all, I love mayo. BLT? Yes, please. Um, don't Mayo. I hope you meant that as a goddamn compliment. I love mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. I love Miracle Whip. I like make, well, light mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. It's almost... Not sexual, but I get that excitement. You know when you're at Subway and you get to watch them prepare the sandwich? When they get to the mayo part, I, like, picture the mayo, like, going into the crevice of the sandwich and mixing with the mustard and, like, that last bite where it's, like, the extra mayo and you're like, mm, mm, mm. I love that shit. So, yeah, may- first of all, mayo's fucking good. But uh, I accept the equivalent of my personality as a jar of mayo. Ah, it- for- and so what the hell's wrong with mayo? And then also, who are these other – why is everyone else so good? Who the fuck are they? You know what I mean? Maybe they're stale mayo. Um, 
Okay. I accept the fact that being myself is equivalent to the personality of a jar of mayo. But how do I maintain friendship dates without sounding like awkward for small talk? Find other condiments like yourself and relate. That's it. Who You don't want to be – don't be around people where – it's awkward for small talk. It takes two to tango. You know what I mean? So like put some, don't put all the responsibility on yourself all the time. And I go back and forth with that too because it's like people are always like be yourself and it's like you don't know me. I'm obsessed with Danity Kane and I used to snort Adderall and then go do college shows. Like you like I'm a, like I, I post ads on Craigslist looking how to learn the dirty talk. Like you want me to be myself? Oh boy, we're all getting arrested. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like is that what you really want? I think we all have a real inherent fear of you know, like being loved and if someone really knows us, what they would think. And like, that's just like a part of like being human and evolving. And, and yeah, my, my, my advice on that would just be a little, be a little easier on yourself. And also you don't know what other, maybe you're, you know, you're 23. Maybe other people are like worried that they, they wish they could be a jar of mayo. Like we should all be so lucky to be such a popular delectable treat. Uh, 23 year old virgin. Hmm. I definitely want to hear more about that. Uh, Thank you for what you do. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm going to just ask the producer if he – do you think that I answered that? Yeah. That Yeah. Yeah. So it's like – what do you think about that, Alex? Alex is our producer. So he says, I accept the fact that being myself is equivalent to the personality of a jar of mayo. How would you answer that question? But how do I maintain friendship dates without sounding like awkward for small talk? Is he talking about like wrestling with it, like opening it up? Like, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Are you talking? You're like, no, no, no. He's not. He's not literally asking about the jar of mayo. Okay. He's he's saying if he is basically saying he's saying uh, I accept the fact that being myself is equivalent to the personality of a jar of mayo. His okay. interpretation of that, like I'm boring, but how mm-hmm. do I maintain friendships without sounding like awkward for small talk? So I'm saying Mayo is awesome, and who are these other people to be making him feel bad about the type of small talk that he offers? I hate small talk. Mm. So I completely relate to it. So how do you, you – yeah, friendships aren't about small talk. You've got to get to the real no. real quick. Anybody you have small talk with, that automatically disqualifies them from being a friend. Really? I think so, yeah. I don't have small talk with any of my friends. See, I love, I love a small talk. Really? Ah! 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 People go, people, oh, I hate networking. I love networking. I, but a, a small talk could be like, how's the weather? I'm into that. I'm like, oh, it's snowing. And then I can go back and forth about that. That's probably what's holding me back. Yeah! You gotta <laughs> I wish I was good at small embrace talk. the small talk. It doesn't Note have to be self. fake. And also, networking, it's about mutually beneficial relationships. So people are always like, I hate networking. I don't feel any power in it. I get that too, but it's like, you offer something without asking something, and we all can offer something. So you offer something, and then the person's more likely to offer you something back. Boom. And that, and networking really, you know, network, net, net, make, net, make networking your friend. I is something because like I'm all right at I'm okay at comedy I'm working on it I'm all right at this I'm all right at acting fine but like I really networking and like offering things and building relationships that's something that I'm okay at okay the f word is the name of this question hey Emma and Mateo I've been listening to your podcast and Mateo does say faggot which does surprise me I just want to weigh in that I say faggot as well um, I usually say faggy, and in the context of, yeah, I'd be down to be with a faggy little guy, maybe. But, you know, I was talking to that girl that I have the crush on, and I was like, yeah, if I was with a guy, I'd want him to be a faggy little guy, and I want him to, like, you know, like, crawl around in a skirt or something, and she goes, and his balls would be out, and I was like, ew, what are you talking about? I wasn't picturing that, 
part, even though I'm totally pro balls and I always hear women saying balls are gross and making fun of guys balls, which I think is really mean. I bet your balls are fucking awesome and good for you. And if you're a girl and you're like, I don't like his balls, maybe you're with the wrong guy. Like you want to make your partner feel good. Like I'd hope, I'd hope if I was straight or if I was a penis man with a boyfriend that I'd be like all about their balls. You know what I mean? It's just another, another part of the body that you can engage to make them feel good. Like who the fuck wouldn't be, yeah, fucking balls it up, please. Um, that seriously, like I, there's a, I see so many female comedians that making fun of men's balls. It makes me feel bad. Um, like what are they supposed to do? Uh, okay. So he's surprised about Matteo saying faggot. I'm aware that it's not intended to provoke people, but it's said in a very striking manner. I understand that real talk. I guess I'm trying to understand why Matteo manifests this word. I'm only asking why, because I'm very confused. Um, I'm going to have to, I think we, um, I think we'll wait for Matteo to say this, but weighing in on it, I would say that, you know, I don't know. I'd be curious where this person is from. Like we hear the word so much and it's like when we're in a progressive area, it's been like very like reclaimed to us. So it's not as striking at all, which not saying that's good or bad, but so some like, you know, sometimes when you're just like around something all the time, it, uh, it numbs it. Like it's. So let's let Mateo weigh in on that one. But I'd be interested in what you guys think as well. Okay, next one. Last one. Um, VW important Q, please. What the hell is VV? It says VV. Oh, very, very important questions. Boom. Got it. Hi, Emma and Mateo. Just a quick question from me. Mm-hmm. How, oh, how to use Instagram as a gay dating app? Damn, this is one from Mateo again. Buddy, I don't know. Uh, I think part of how Matteo uses it is he's like inherently stunningly gorgeous. So it's kind of like maybe, you know, that helps. Also, I love you guys and I love the podcast. I'm so happy that you found love, Matteo, and that you're proving that long distance can work. I agree. Very inspiring. Might be the only hope for those of us who are trapped on remote Scottish islands. What's up, Scottish island? I would love to visit visit a Scottish island. It sounds like you're living your best life ever. Life ever. Keep doing what you're doing and all the best of the future. Love from a very, very Scottish last name. What an honor that our little voices are carrying through to the remote um, parts of there. Uh, All right. Uninformed, confident advice. Oh, this one's from Mateo. All right, guys. You're making it very clear. Sex robot part. Jesus. And then someone sent a picture of a sex robot with the vagina as part of the foot. And then that one is for me, clearly. Um, With all of Emma's talk about sex robots i was wondering if she's heard of the vajankle no i hadn't but thank you jesus god it's an optional part of your sex doll Mm. or sex robot presumably for foot fetishes which good for you i dated a girl who um did foot modeling and it was so interesting because she was like yeah guys just like you know pay to rub my feet and i was like do they jerk off while they're doing it which yeah of course but she was like yeah then they pay extra but she's like i'll literally do my homework while they're like just doing it and it's interesting and i was like so where does this what are threads she goes i noticed that most of the guys are of asian backgrounds it's interesting interesting uh and she said and usually it's and i've heard that from other people before but um i have a friend who's like he's in defeat and i think i think i remember just like learning about it a little bit you know it's like the eroticism of it can come from it's like seeing uh, for a lot of people it's like they have early memories of seeing their mom like putting on heels and they're not supposed to like be watching that or so there's I I, rem- I just remember people saying like there's like things around like feet being 
forbidden or they're not supposed to be sexual that like is the turn on and i really definitely get that because like when you're not supposed to think something's hot there's definitely something like inherently hot there i've never been into feet though but oh my god it sounds like lovely if someone has a foot fetish and then they want to rub your feet oh sounds lovely um the vajankle hilarious is a vagina inside of the ankle yep got that so you can have sex with the foot. I love that he. I love that. The, I love that this person um, explained what it is. So you can have sex with the foot. Yeah. So the vagina part of the foot is like right up on the ankle part. So you still get to look at the toes. Wow. See this. This is all. It's somehow grosser than it sounds. Here's a picture, and they sent a picture which we can tweet out um, and get kicked off Twitter. But to be totally honest, like that's glorious. That's great. Because here's something with the rules of sex, and I have this ex that said this. She goes, and she's the one that did the footwork. So she, literal footwork where guys rub your foot. She said, she goes, either you find a partner that wants to have sex with you and is into the same things you're into. You hire someone that wants to explore those things and they're getting copied. You know, you you find a partner or you find someone to have sex with you that's into the same things you're into. You hire someone where they're being compensated in some way and there's like consent there to do the things. Third option, you don't do it. So that's it. So, I mean, if there's a fourth you guys know of all ears but so this is great because this is a way for people interested in feet to now put their penis in a foot and uh yeah more power to it i'm into it i'm looking at this picture i'm not turned on by it but um you know give me some time maybe i could think of a scenario yeah i probably could uh, and if I think of one, we'll share it on the next one. That that's was me just doing it by myself. Obviously, Mateo's going to be back. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. I love meeting you guys. We have a show April 8th. Um, we have April 8th at the Abrams Art Center at 945. Come out. Say hello. Mateo will be there. And, uh, yeah, keep your head up. Keep plugging along. We're all out here, one foot in front of the other. Let's all you guys want to you guys want to do a water challenge. Just all try to start drinking more water. Like, what's something little we could do to make our lives a little bit better over here? There's a comedian Gary Goldman who's one of my favorite comics, and he's got this line about he's like the thing they don't tell you about life is it's just every fucking day, and I love that line. I love that line. You know, it's like yeah, it's every day, and it's such a blessing to be here, and we're all so like we're all so lucky and blessed to even be having the facilities to, like, listen, engage, and, like, be out there with stuff. But, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's tough sometimes. So let's all try to drink a little water. Drink a little extra water. Let me know. If you drink water, tag me in that water picture, and I'll uh, respond to you. I'll try to drink some more water. Add a, add a lemon to it. Live it up. Live it up. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll talk with you next week. <laughs>